Hey y'all, it's Nathan Resnick from Sourceify, and today we've got another epic guest on e-commerce on tap. This is a show about the entrepreneurs, creators, and agencies that make up the e-commerce world and the stories behind how they grew. Crack your brew because here comes another amazing episode. What's up? It's Nathan Resnick. We're back with e-commerce on tap. Today we have one of my favorite e-commerce entrepreneurs on air. Terry, how are you? Thank you so much for joining us. How's it going, Nathan? Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Where are you based at today? Um, in Ottawa, Canada, originally um, out of Calgary, Alberta, but uh, just doing a little bit of work in Ottawa. So that's where I'm out of, uh, up, up north where it's nice and cold. Amazing. I got to ask, you know, because I know Shopify is right up in Canada as well. Did you get into e-commerce because Shopify was starting in that area or kind of tell me your background story and, and especially growing up? You know, as yeah. a kid, did you want to start selling your own products? Were you always entrepreneurial? Well, I'll give you a little bit of context on the Shopify thing. It basically Shopify was my first search when I found out about e-commerce. So then I just dove a little bit deeper into what is Shopify. And it seemed like it was the right platform to kind of launch on. Um, going back to when I got into all of this stuff, I grew up in a little place called uh, Summerside, Prince Edward Island, pretty much as far east as you can go, except for Newfoundland. Um, very, very small place, about 10,000 people. So uh, you pretty much knew everybody. I grew up in a really poor family. We didn't have much. It's typical there, people just struggling, kind of getting through. So mm -hmm. I learned that I, at a young age, basically, if I needed anything, if I wanted anything, I had to go out and kind of get things. So at an early age in life, I, I started, uh, I had a paper route at the age of 12. Wow. I, I remember I, I used to like shovel driveways, walkways. I go knocking on doors asking, okay, do you need your driveway shoveled? Anything kind of to make a buck in the summer. I do uh, lawns. I had, I, I sold hockey cards. I remember, I even remember selling jawbreakers in high wow. school. It wasn't high school. It was like junior high. Yeah. Um, just like stuff like that where it was like, um, little things to make a buck basically just to get the things that I wanted to do. Right. Like I, Totally. I was a big, big into skateboarding, big into um, snowboarding, hockey, and my parents couldn't afford all that. So exactly. I had to find, find money to kind of do all those things. So eventually, after all, all that stuff, I finished uh, high school, um, moved out to Calgary, did a computer science degree, um, graduated, eventually did uh, the corporate world, did that for about 10 years. Uh, we're just kind of working full-time jobs. And I, uh, I want to really... kind of talk about that because I think a lot of entrepreneurs that are listening right now, you know, some of them may be in that corporate nine to five dynamic and they're wondering how to get out. So if you could kind of touch on in terms of, you know, you're in the corporate world or we're in the corporate world for 10 years. Now you're one of the best e-commerce entrepreneurs I knew, know running multiple, you know, six figure stores. What's that kind of transition for you? And what was that thought process? Uh, you know, quitting your job and going into e-commerce full time? Well, I didn't quite, I, I kind of did the side hustle for quite a while, right? Where it came down to it. And I was very thankful just because you hear about it all the time. These people kind of just jumping ship and mm -hmm. um, cutting all their ties. Maybe that would work, but I, I had a lot of things. Like I had a truck, I had a, a condo and all that good stuff. And then cutting, cutting your job where it's that, that big piece of the pie that's coming in. Yeah. You're making whatever your salary. And it was really tough. Plus I just felt, um, launching my first e-commerce business. Um, I wasn't quite hundred percent sure that it was going to work. Um, but I wanted to start and I started by just dipping my toe into it, right? Like 
me, me and my partner, we launched uh, a, a business called Mule Ties, and it was more geared towards the fashion space. Um, it was a business that really wasn't that scalable because what mm-hmm. we did, we, we turned it into, well, like, I just came up with the idea, okay, um, I ended up reading Tim Ferriss's four-hour workweek book in, 2000, what was it, December 2013? Yeah, that's one of my and, favorite books, too. And honestly, it was just kind of one of those that just opened up so many new doors. And I was like, okay, after this book, uh, I'm going to launch an e-commerce business. I just have to, I don't care if I'm going to fail or it's going to just be a really crappy business. I just have to launch. So we went through the exercise. Okay, what what am I going to launch with, right? I didn't have any ideas. So I basically grabbed a piece of paper and sketched a, a bunch of ideas of kind of what I thought there were maybe some pain points. Right. And I just thought, thought at that time, um, you go to some of these big, whatever in Canada, we have the Bay or um, just some Thai places. And there was really nothing where there was a unique Thai kind of more fashion forward, a little more out there, bright, different. So we said, okay, yeah, we're going to go in the Thai industry. We just decided, right. And then we looked it up on YouTube. Um, My girlfriend at the time and now my wife, um, we basically learned how to sew a Thai um and then eventually we bought a sewing machine went through that whole process we ended up that summer starting to get quite a few orders um just through through friends and family uh for weddings and uh little events like that and then we just started spreading the word we're well word around through social media um kind of was like you launch your website through shopify and and what 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 year was this? This was this was uh, 2014, so it would have been uh, May. Nice, that's incredible. I mean, it's 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 incredible to see that you kind of took that handcrafted route with your first e-commerce store. Whereas they, I think a lot of people now they either try to go into drop shipping or they go straight to China, and you know, taking that handcrafted route I think is something different and something that's super cool that you did. And so then, what was that transition? You know, it sounds like you were doing this part time working, you know, still that, that corporate job and then looking to you know, probably transition out of it and go full time as an entrepreneur and create more of your own companies. What was that process like? And then how did you grow into your you know, other e-commerce stores that you run right now? Well, we just got to a point, point where we were so busy that it came to a point where, okay, I, I just had to jump ship. And one thing is I, I found with uh, this, this first entity, it wasn't my like, Okay, I wasn't 100% passionate about it, but I just wanted to kind of go down that route. And what I learned, I, I kind of, well, it was a business that wasn't, we couldn't really scale um, at a point where um, we were getting enough orders that it was just wasn't feasible. Like it would take Monica an hour to an hour and a half to do a tie, right? So you can't really charge $200 right. for a tie just because of man hours. And then we would end up getting a, uh, an order of like 10 for a wedding and then it just wasn't feasible. So mm-hmm. we learn, we learned by building a business that isn't scalable, how to scale. So what we ended up doing eventually stepping away from doing the handcraft. And then we moved over to sourcing a product. Seuss, like we had, we had some good ideas of uh, ties that were selling. So what we did, we took those prints, those designs and reached out to a manufacturer in China, had them design it, got a sample, then when we were happy with it, um, we got a large order and just kind of scaled out that way. Wow. And, and what's that? I, I want to touch on that process real quick because I think that's one of the biggest hurdles for any e-commerce entrepreneur is actually sourcing and manufacturing the product. 
So you, you know, have your own designs that you've made in house, which is great because some people just have the idea in their head. You know, you reach out to these factories overseas. How did you reach out? What was your process? You know, did you, did you face difficulties with that? Like what was that communication barrier like if there was one? And then what was that process like when you first got your, you know, initial order? Yeah. So my process was always use uh, Alibaba. Um, what I would do is very similar to an interview type of process. I reached out to multiple manufacturers and um, kind of went through the process. Okay. This is what our company is about. This is what we're trying to accomplish. Um, these are some of the designs we want and just waited for the replies back from the factories. And in the final, very similar to an interview process, you kind of just evaluate right. who's the best, um, the communication, uh, their attentiveness, um, the relationship you build even after a few um, back and forths right. and decided, okay, we're going to go with this factory, this price, right. um, test it out. How long was that due diligence process? Uh, it didn't take long. It's like it t- took about two weeks. Okay, nice. Cool. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, for every e-commerce entrepreneur out there, everyone's looking to bring ideas to life. And so they got to figure out how to manufacture them. So I think that's an incredible part of the story. But so once you get this order in, you know, you have ties that are made in China. Now you have to, you know, obviously sell them. How do you grow? You know, how do you grow the store? Yeah, one of the one of the things we learned, so we we decided to, okay, not just stick to the niche of ties, which maybe wasn't the best idea. So we got into watches, we partnered with a few companies, and I decided in parallel to launch on Shopify with Amazon, and we started to get some traction in the watch space. Um, and over the Christmas season of what was it, uh, 216, we ended up one watch just took off. And we ended up doing a crazy amount of revenue. And that's like um, where we really got into kind of Amazon. So it really opened up a bunch of new doors um, as we saw one product take off. And then we started to kind of go down that route of similar products. So it kind of brought us into another new channel of business. And then we're still in the tie, selling ties, but it was just kind of like, okay, now we're going to scale out into different areas. Right. But it was all just like trial and area, uh, trial and error. I had right. no clue about Amazon. I had no clue about Shopify when I first started. Uh, from what I, I heard is like you launch your Shopify site and people just show up. Yeah. And as soon as I launched my Shopify site, I actually was fortunate because I was a part of a, the Calgary startup community that I had some friends that shared it out. So I ended up getting whatever, about 100 people view on my site over the first day. Then after that, it just dwindled away. And then I was like, okay, well, this sucks because right. I, I was under the impression that uh, you launch your Shopify site and people just start showing up out of nowhere. So we were basically getting like two, three views a day. And mm-hmm. then what I had, what did I have to do? I had to go research, right? Go, go find out how do you get traffic? How do you get traffic to your website? Oh, you got to do this. You got to create some social, social channels. Right. You got to go uh, do, do some paid marketing. You got to do some blog posts. Like I had no clue about SEO from the mm-hmm. get go. People, people used to st- talk about what are your keywords? I'm like, I don't have a clue what you're talking <laughs> about. But, but I think one thing is uh, you just got to start and you're not oh. going to know everything at, 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 from the get go. You just got to be con- a continuous learner and say, okay, well, whatever it takes, uh, I'm just going to continuously learn. Worst case scenario, this, this is going to be one learning experience mm-hmm. that can help 
project you into the future with your new business, right? Definitely, definitely. I want to touch on, you know, the difference between selling on Shopify and Amazon and, and in your own experience, what was that difference? I mean, it sounds like you kind of plurged into both market, you know, both your Shopify story and the Amazon marketplace at the same time. Was that hard to manage? And now that you, you know, have a great understanding of both, uh, you know, both selling channels, what do you think someone should start with? Should they start with both? I mean, what are the main differences that you see? Well, um, at, at the time, I didn't have a kind of clue um, what was the difference. But as I matured in running e-commerce sites, um, I find the difference between a Shopify site when you first launch is like open up a store down some dirt road back in the country where nobody exists. That's what it feels like to kind of launch your first Shopify site. So nobody's there. Uh, nobody's aware of your business. Then you got to kind of bring the crowd there. Meanwhile, launching on Amazon is like launching in your busiest mall in your city, right? So right. people are there, they're finding your products. It was just easier. And I was very fortunate to kind of launch Amazon because that's what really kept us going because that's where most of the revenue started coming in. And it was a bit depressing at first where I was expecting a lot more sales through Shopify in it. Like when I say I put in hours, I put in unbelievable hours to just kind of get it to where we were doing fairly well, but right. it was like most people would have given up. Honestly, it's just like ridiculous how many hours and the, the consistency that I put into it to right. get what, what we got out. Um, but it was a hell of a learning experience and you totally. utilize everything you did in the past to uh, project you into the future. And that's kind of definitely. The, definitely. The so when you're spending those hours with any like go-to resources that you're utilizing, I mean, I know um, you guys run one of the best Facebook Shopify groups. If you want to mention that as well, that'd be awesome uh, as a resource. But it, you know, when you were first starting out, uh, what kind of resources were you reading to learn? I mean, what was the best kind of go-to source back then? Yeah, well, I, the re one of the reasons I, I got into uh, e-commerce was uh, one of my good buddies. Um, he was a software engineer, and he cut ties to the corporate world um, probably about two years before I did. And I saw him on kind of like Facebook and uh, just traveling the world, um, seeing things. He'd be at the beach while I'm back in uh, uh, Canada in the winter, and it just mm -hmm. was like I was always intrigued kind of what he was doing. Right, you know? yeah. Um, like, how's he afford to be by the beach while I'm in the office, right? <laughs> definitely. And just kind of give up the whole corporate world. It was very intriguing. So he kind of was a little bit of my mentor to kind of like, okay, bounce some questions off of, of uh, like, okay, what is this? Uh, okay, I'll get my, my site launched. Now what do I do? Um, I'm at this point. Um, now what do I do? And yeah, so he was a really good resource. Um, I always just the Google search, right? Um, when it came, came into um, like, Shopify stuff, the Shopify, um, they produce a lot of really good content. There's a lot of resourcing around um, Shopify, like you'd run into just people producing some really good content. Right. So I re read through that and I applied a lot of just in time learning where I would come down really to really if, I, if I had to read some of the uh, Google AdWords technical documentation, then I do it. Um, if I was launching an ad, right. Mm -hmm. Um, same with, uh, like Shopify I'd either reach out to their support, um, or look for some blog post. And, um, probably about three years ago, I, I just, okay. Bring a, a like-minded people together. I launched a Facebook e-commerce group, uh, 
throw it in the show notes. Um, but now it's at about 20,000 people and it's a good resource just to kind of like reach out, find like-minded people doing the same thing that you're kind of doing, right? It's always good mm-hmm. to have someone to like bounce questions off of because even in my day-to-day world, I'm right. like probably about maybe 5% of my friends that really understand e-commerce. So you really can't talk to them, right? And exactly. talk about bounce ideas is really tough. Right. So those Facebook groups always help. Totally. That, that's awesome. I mean, it's incredible that you've grown a community to, you know, not only help each other, but also, you know, provide value to and kind of in your day to day right now, well, what's been your main focus? I mean, are you continuing to focus on certain stores that you're growing? Are you focusing more on selling on Amazon? You know, what's, what's going on with you this year in 2018? Yeah. So I have a couple balls in the air. Um, one, I run an agency called Hopitu and we're basically a full, full circle kind of e-commerce agency. We do everything from store setup to Google AdWords, to Facebook ads, um, anywhere from like social media to SEO. So, um, you got a lot of business running through that. Mm-hmm. And then I have my latest biggest project is a company called Yada Life. We're an outdoor sports company and I'm really working on scaling that and blowing it up throughout North America and next year into Europe. Nice. Well, what are some of the products that you guys are, or do you mind mentioning some of the outdoor, like, is it just outdoor category type of products? Yeah. Well, I come, I come from a trail running background. So I've always been really into trail running Um, in the winter time in particular, there's a lot of people use like a trail spike. So we, okay, yeah. well, I feel that we, we developed the most advanced trail spike on the market. The most like, um, the, the technology is a little more advanced. The riveting, the, the, the product is a little bit better than all of the products out there. So nice. I feel, um, we have a big opportunity. There's nobody really in the Canadian market to a point. We have one big competitor, right. but I feel there's room for competition. And what I really want to do is just build one of those outdoor brands. And I feel that there's a big opportunity. Uh, we want to really target just the recreationalist, the person that just likes to get outside and enjoy um, being outdoors and being in nature, right? And this isn't going to be just one product. It's going to be a large company. And um, this is just a start of it. So now we're on Amazon Canada, Amazon US. We're running business in uh, Facebook, well, through Facebook on Shopify. Nice. So, um, have some experience. We're going to launch into, um, Amazon in the UK and that'll oh, give wow. us exposure to, um, the Europe. Um, See, that's, that's what I love because, you know, you're selling a product that you created yourself and that you use yourself. You know, I see a lot of e-commerce entrepreneurs that go out and try to start a company around a product that they wouldn't use, you know? And I think that's one of the biggest questions that you have to ask yourself when you're going down this route is would I buy this myself? And, you know, you obviously have created a company now where you'll, you know, you buy that product all day. You love it. You created something new and unique, whereas you have a lot of e-commerce entrepreneurs, especially the ones that are drop shipping, you know, just selling products that, that they don't care about, you know? And I think when you put your heart in it and put, you know, a lot of branding into a product, it has a much higher likelihood of being successful. And I think that's really the kind of dynamic that I'm seeing, you know, listen, listening to uh, you grow your stories that you've put, you know, time into these products, you've invested into the brand and, and you're growing a you know great company through that. Whereas, you know, 
the dropshipping entrepreneurs. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on, on dropshipping? I mean, have you, have you dropshipped products through like AliExpress before? I haven't dropshipped through AliExpress, but we are partnered with one company uh, out of Toronto, Toronto, and we do uh, a bit in the fashion space, mm-hmm. and that is for uh, mule ties. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it wasn't that bad, but um, I, I can see where there'd be a lot of pain points. Um, especially when it comes down to the customer ordering multiple pieces and then them getting it from multiple sources. Um, I, I, I do have a friend that's done it through the uh, AliExpress and right. just the, the dilemma of the never knowing when the package is going to arrive plus right. the, the package showing up with a bunch of Chinese characters. Right. Um, it tends to really not be that appealing to the customer for a long-term type exactly. of model, model right? Exactly. That's great. So, you know, I, I always like to end with, with two questions. And, and first and foremost, what would be if you were to start again tomorrow from the ground floor, but with the knowledge that you've had through the past, you know, few years running e-commerce stores, what, what would you do? What would be your first step? You know, what would you, uh, you know, really do to get, get started again? Well, it's, uh, it's all about the dots that kind of all, all accumulate, right? When Steve Jobs talks about that. And that's kind of how I feel with uh, all my e-commerce ventures. It's like one that's just uh, helping me uh, catapult to the next one, right? Um, and a lot of it is, like you said, is just having passion for you, a little bit of passion for your product and um, not always be looking at the money. The money right. and that's one of the lessons that I learned uh, with my first business was I wasn't really into the product and I was just about the money um, and really having that big, big picture mindset, right? Where uh, drive forward and have the big vision of like two, three, four years down the road. What is the business um, going to be about and try and narrow down that, that vision of, uh, okay, how do you progress to get to from where you're at to where you want to be. So a lot of the things is like, okay, we're, we're going out. I'm trying to think bigger this year. We're reaching out to retailers. Um, had a couple big meetings with uh, some potential retailers that will bring our products in. So we're kind of hitting it from a different approach, mm-hmm. but using all my knowledge, all my uh, network um, to see if what, what I can do is scale it a little bit faster than uh, my original businesses, right? Right. That's awesome. That's incredible. And then, I, I mean, that's amazing to see the growth and to see that route that you're taking with this current company. What would you say, you know, last question that I always like to, to think about is, is the future of e-commerce. You know, retailers have been going bankrupt and e-commerce has been growing. How do you see that transitioning, you know, not only this year, but in the next five years, are, are everyone, is everyone going to start buying online and are retailers just, just, you know, really going to be hurting or what's that kind of dynamic going to be looking like you think in the next five years? And do you think Shopify will be in Amazon will be as popular and as relevant as they are today? Yeah. Well, I'm a big, big, big investor in Shopify. So I have a lot of like hope for it. And I feel um, Shopify is by far the best company out there. Um, I, I deal with Amazon and even when it comes down to the support, Shopify is unbelievable. Their support, um, just reaching out to any of their support guys is very, a pleasurable experience. Um, that's why I'm investing in them. But I feel like 
um, the whole retail sector is in trouble, right? Um, there could be the whole pop-up shop. That's another right. industry that might really blow up because there's going to be all these vacant stores. And mm -hmm. I feel that there's a big pain point where if I had the opportunity to maybe come Christmas time, come Q4 to be able to grab a space that for a reasonable price, then I would consider getting my, uh, maybe my e-commerce into a quick retail for mm -hmm. uh, the Christmas months. So if I think there, there's a big opportunity there where I think um, storefronts will become easier available, but I feel some of these big box guys, um, they get a lot of comp competition because right. some of the smaller guys that are putting in the hard work and a little more passionate about it um, can run them out of business. Right. And the, exactly. uh, the competition level is deep, especially with Amazon and, um, they're getting kind of getting into a lot of new areas and seem to be the the powerhouse, right? Right. No, totally. That's that's an amazing you know insight right there. And you know, I appreciate you coming on the show, e-commerce on tap. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you again. It's it's really been an honor. Yeah, thanks a lot, Nathan. I appreciate it. And there you have it. Thanks again for tuning in to e-commerce on tap. If you could like, subscribe, tell a friend. Really spread the word about the information we're getting out there. That would be much appreciated. Also, if you have any manufacturing questions or need help with your manufacturing, feel free to reach out to Sourceify for the fastest growing manufacturing platform, helping hundreds of companies produce products around the world. Thanks again and have a great one.